Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? They didn't. But Jesus painted a picture. Here's the picture he painted. A picture of his love, a picture of his humility, and a picture for them to humbly serve one another. Jesus, when I finished my practical application for you, I washed your feet. Do you see what I was doing? I love you, so I'll serve you. As a rabbi, a Jewish religious teacher, Jesus could have required his disciples to do a lot of things, reminding them of his position as a teacher. But instead, he spent his time talking about the service he was sent to provide to them. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he will be showing how Jesus continued to show the disciples through action, not just words, what the qualities of a true leader are supposed to be. You'll be reminded that these character qualities are for all of Jesus' followers to copy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series, Motivational Gifts. While he's doing this, this is hard for us, but we're just like the disciples. Don't go like, what's wrong with them disciples? We're very similar. Look in verse 24 of Luke chapter 22. This is while this night is going on. Look what Jesus hears. Also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. This is the disciples. And Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in the kingdom and sit on my thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You see, while all this is going on, what are the disciples doing? They're debating who's the greatest. And Jesus is trying to say, you know, if this would have been a clash, you all failed. Because I'm trying to show you that serving is the key. It's not who's the greatest at all. It's not about this earth. What is awaiting you in heaven is incredible. Get it. So flip back to chapter 13, verse 7. John, 
Jesus replied to Peter when Peter said to him, you're going to wash my feet? Pete, you do not realize now what I am doing. But later, Peter, you will understand. Did Peter ever understand the lesson of humility? Did he ever learn it? Very much so, because he wrote about it. Take a look at this in 1 Peter chapter 5. Pete writes, Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So Peter learned the lesson. As we read this passage, as we're all servants at the base core of who we are, we need that lesson of humility. So I wrote it like this. Like Peter, we are always, number one, to be learning, especially humility. Maybe you struggle with that. We all do from different degrees. Humbleness, humility, understanding that the only one that makes us special is that God lives in us. It's not my gifts, my talents. It's God who lives in me. Peter goes on in verse 8, No, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Aren't you glad that Jesus always have an answer for our stupid comments? <laughs> he did. Notice he didn't say, Pete, you stupid thing, you. He just says, No, unless I wash you, you'll have no part with me. Well, here's Pete again. Pete says, Well, give me a shower, full on, man, go for it. He doesn't get it. He says, Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Then Jesus tells us, and you got to understand this verse, because this is, oh, it's so full of great stuff. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, circle these words, we'll be back in a moment, though not Every one of you. See, the disciples definitely understood this norm. As I told you, because of the open sandals and the dirt, the disciples' feet, everybody's feet, were always getting dirty. In the morning, they took this incredible bath. But during the day, they didn't need another bath. But they always needed these feet washed. Going into home, you always did that. You didn't take another bath. That was taken care of in the morning. But the feet, because they were on those dirty roads, always needed that to be done. So this was cultural. They understood it. But what Jesus was doing practically, oh, it had a practical application. They knew that. It was no big deal to them other than Jesus was the one doing it. That was the lesson of humility. But... But there was a great spiritual application. And I think you'll see this so clear. You see, the foot washing was a picture of a spiritual washing. The disciples knew that foot washing was a physical act. 
But they didn't understand, and maybe didn't till later, that this had a spiritual significance. We won't go into the Greek tonight, because I'm not a Greek scholar at all, but there's two words in these passages for cleansing that are very different. And let me go through them. First of all, the bath that they would take every day would be equal to salvation spiritually. In other words, right after that, you can just write the word justification. They've been saved, declared by God not guilty. What does that mean? The bath speaks of cleansing received at the time of one's salvation. When a person believes in Jesus Christ, God cleanses us from the penalty of sin, not through water, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus was going to say in a moment, I'm going to the cross for you. The event of salvation takes place once. And I am freed from the penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Spiritual death. The wages of sin is death. So as in the morning I would take a bath, spiritually that was a one-time event of a person being cleansed of their sins, not by water, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.5, and it says this, And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. So that daily bath that they would take, that's why Peter says, give me a whole bath. He says to Pete, you don't need a whole bath. You're already clean. You already have a relationship with me, Peter. He wouldn't get the spiritual significance of this till later. But then he says, I am going to wash your feet. Well, what did that mean? Well, the foot bath was equal to sanctification. That's just a biblical term that we use. It's a simple term that just simply means I am being saved. I can say no to the power of sin. I'm not perfect, but I don't have to worry about the penalty of sin anymore. Why? Because God has given me that spiritual bath. And I'm now justified. I'm declared not guilty by the blood of Christ. So this basin, this washing of the feet, was equal to sanctification. And what happened during the day, in a practical way, your feet got dirty. Make sense? So you washed it with water, poured it over there, did that, and Jesus took it, wrapped it up, cleaned his feet. What is that a picture of? Well, that's a picture of sin that attaches itself to us during the day. How many know that it's good to come to church on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week? Now, why is that? Because I need to have a little foot washing at least by the middle of the week. Does that make sense? Because the world that we're around, and we're not saying they're bad people. They are bad people. We were bad people. We know what that is. We're around language and stuff, and, and we're not trying to say we're better than them, because without this, we're no better than them. But we just need to have a little time to get cleansed, don't we? And that's what it's about. So the sanctification, how often would that have to be done? Well, as often as your feet got dirty. How often is that during the day? It's quite often, isn't it? I know for some of you, it's never, and it's never been. And, <laughs> right. 
as I said, we'll have time for confession at the end of the service. This sanctification is a lifelong process. Salvation happens once. Sanctification, being separated from the power of sin, being separated under God, happens all, it, I'm still in that process. I'm maturing today. Um, I don't sin like I used to. The frequency isn't there. All the variety of sin isn't there. But I still sin, don't I? So when I do still sin, then I have to go and understand what the fit washing is. We're clean through the word. First John 1 7. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one another. And the blood of Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That was for some of you that said, I never need my feet washed. First John 1 9. This is a daily foot bath. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. Purify us from all unrighteousness. So water in the words often speaks of the word of God. John 15, 3. You are already clean, Jesus said, because of the word I have spoken to you. So what did that mean? It just means that we need, we get tempted Our minds go the wrong place. Our eyes head off into the lust. You name it, we have it. We need the cleansing of the word. Now, this is very important. I came across this not long ago. C.S. Lewis made this incredible statement. Remember, Jesus said, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've already committed in her heart. Well, some of you, that doesn't apply. But listen to this. It applies to all of us. He that looketh on a plate of ham and eggs to lust after it, hath already committed breakfast with it in his heart. (laughs) I love it. Tomorrow morning when you get up, say, I shouldn't have them eggs and whatever. You've already committed breakfast in your heart. So if I've already committed that in my heart, do I need to be cleansed? Yes. And that's what the cleansing's about. So see, that keeps us humble. Because without God's power, I don't say no to sin. I go right back to who I was. And you don't want to go there. And I don't want to go there. So Jesus says, Pete, you don't need a bath. You've already had one. You're mine. But you do need your feet washed. Peter would say later what? I'll never deny you. Did Peter need his feet washed again? Yeah. And did Jesus do it? Yeah, in the Sea of Galilee. John chapter 20. See, he didn't get it then, but he understood it later. Now, head back to verse 10. And you are clean, I ask you to circle something, though not every one of you. Verse 11, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one was clean. So what does that mean? Well, it means that Judas was never changed on the inside. And that is a picture of dead religion. He says, you're not one of those, Judas. He says, you are clean, though not every one of you. And notice, Judas never believed that Jesus was the Son of God. No, Judas and Jesus weren't working together. Jesus, right to the last, was trying to get through to the heart of Judas. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on and returned to the place 
And he said, do you understand what I've done for you? They didn't. But Jesus painted a picture. Here's the picture he painted. A picture of his love. A picture of his humility. And a picture for them to humbly serve one another. Jesus, when I finished my practical application for you, I washed your feet. Do you see what I was doing? I love you, so I'll serve you. Do you understand that? And it doesn't matter who I am. That's why Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Do you understand this? No, they didn't, but later they would. So what he's trying to say to them, I put it in practice for you so that you would get it, so that you would understand it. Now, verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. What does that mean? Does Jesus say every Christian should literally wash one another's feet? Well, some of you here believe so. And you probably practice this maybe as an ordinance of the church, or you came from a church where this was practice. Others of you believe that, well, it really was very practical in that day, but it was the spiritual meaning that Jesus was trying to talk the love and the serving and the humility. I do believe personally and by the way, I don't have any problem with if, if you practice this. I think it's okay. I personally don't believe it's an ordinance of the church. We don't see it really anywhere else in the scripture. But I do believe these two principles. Christians should humbly serve one another. And Christians should humbly encourage and exhort one another. Why do I mean that? Well, I mean that because if I speak to you and encourage you to do the truth. I'm clean through the word. How can I serve someone else and help them with their cleaning of their feet without cleaning their feet? Well, very easily. You see, that's why you need to be in a small group. Do you know that in a spiritual way, I've washed all of your feet tonight? Do you understand how that works? Because I've taught the word. You're now clean through the word. So when we come, we hear the word and the word speaks to us. I didn't come down and wash your feet, but God's spoken to you, hasn't he? Even the little deal about the ham and eggs spoke to some of you. And the guy says, you give me a pot of coffee, I'm not coming. If it's Starbucks, I might do it, but... God already spoke to you, and he's cleaning you through the word. So that's what I believe. I don't believe it's an ordinance of the church. If you practice it, I don't have any problem with it. Be careful that you don't make it legalistic. But see, the real meaning of this changed because in those days, the feet were dirty, really dirty. Today, when this is practiced, I guarantee before you go to a foot washing, you scrub them suckers and you clean them suckers and you file the nails and you put things on them in there. Person in your home did, what are those things? My feet. I never saw them like that before. And then go ahead and just wash my feet. So we have to be a little careful because that's what happens to us. 
You're going to wash my feet? Okay, give me about an hour or two and bleeding and all kind of stuff. And here we go with our feet. I don't mean to make fun of it because some of you take it very serious and I think that's perfectly fine. But I think it's more the spiritual application. So notice in verse 15, we'll just finish it up really quickly. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, no his messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you would be blessed if you do them. I like the New Living Translation because it says this, you know these things, now do them. That is the path of blessing. Christian, are you on the path of blessing? Are you serving humbly, joyfully, and in love. Let me show you an area. And I did this because I believe God gave me this to do. We have lots of areas of need in this church. Huge amounts of areas. And over time, as we finish this series, God's going to get you into those areas. Because if you're not on that path of blessing, then you're missing out on the blessing. Serving is an incredible blessing. So here's one area, and I just want you to pray about it. We have something called the First Impressions Ministry. And it's so very important in this church. How people perceive us when they walk on this campus. We were talking today and somebody said, very often people, when they come in here, they don't know the parking people help them. But after that, they don't know where to go. They walk through the doors. They don't know what to do with their children. They don't. And we need all of these people to help. Smiling faces. How can I help you? This is a little intimidating sometimes walking into a place this big. See, you and I know where to go. We know what door to go to. Whatever. These people don't know anything. We need ushers and greeters, and parking lot attendants. And we have a whole medical team. Some of you are nurses and whatever. We have a doctor that's on the head of our medical team here. And they coordinate. If you have a heart attack or whatever, we have defibrillators. We have all kinds of things that we can help you with, plus prayer. Plus prayer. We have an information center, and we often have these special events. The other night, we had 2,500 people here. We needed extra people to come along and serve. So maybe God spoke to you tonight. Just stop out there at the table, talk to some people, and say, how can I help? We need lots more of these kind of people. That's a thing you can serve on, month on, month off, specialty deal, whatever. All kinds of options for you. Notice Jesus said, now that I've shown it to you, do it. Not out of, I guess I got to go do it. No, you missed it. Do it because you want to do it, and that's the path of blessing. Amen? Maybe you're here. Maybe you're like Judas. This is amazing. Judas walked with Jesus Three and a half years, but never made a commitment. In fact, when Jesus says later on in this passage, one of you is going to betray me, the disciples couldn't believe it. What? We're all part of the gang here. He walked with Jesus three and a half years, never made a commitment. Maybe you're here, good person, religious, coming to church, church all your life. But you've never turned your life over to Jesus Christ. See, you have to. You have to have that event that has happened in your life. It happens once when his blood comes in and cleanses you from sin. But you have to ask for that. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. You learned about the character qualities that Jesus had to have to be willing to perform this task. Pastor Mark reminded you that this wasn't as much about the foot washing as about the attitude of the foot washer. The attitude and character qualities are what all Christ followers should reach for. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's teaching about servanthood in action. Next time, he'll begin teaching about the gift of teaching. You'll find out what the gift of teaching is and how it differs from the profession of teaching. Pastor Mark will tell you what the attitudes and character traits usually found and the people who've been given the gift of teaching have. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will be teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.